0: Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. We are back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 3 Triple R. We resume normal programming after the summer, and this is a delight because with me within this fabulous building, I have... Oh, hello,
1: Cam. Oh, there you are. Hello, old friends. Matt Stebbin here for the first time for the year. I haven't heard that theme in a little while. Yeah,
0: welcome to 2021, and neither have the listeners. Mm. Um, We created an artifice, or maybe I created an artifice, with uh, the very, very capable... Happy helping hands of Rene
1: Maxwell, also yes. known as Rene Paradis, um, well, and we—you'll probably be hearing a little bit more from Rene this year as well. She, she yes. joined the Edith family, yes. and what a great family it is! No arguments around the Christmas table, no, 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 no fighting over the
0: uh, uh, over bits of turkey and things yes. like that. No, no, no way. It's good to
1: be back G. It's good to uh, look across NC. see your smiling dial. And likewise, and look, you're looking tanned after your refreshing summer at the beach.
0: Mate, the beach house, it was awesome. It was very, very hard to leave. I had to catch the last water taxi. <laughs> I was going to ask, how's the traffic up the oh, up it was, the highway? Uh, it's always a, yeah. It was terrible once I got back to Australia. Um, <laughs> if, you, uh, if you hadn't been um, listening, we, uh, we created an artifice, um, this virtual beach shack with... Uh, well, oh, you remember it well, don't mm. you, folks? The, the uh, barbecue that was always on didn't really make much use of that, but we did, oh, God, we made use of the magic esky. Oh, right, yes. Oh, love a magic esky. And, of course, that thing that was just for you, which was that hammock
1: that was in the shade. It's been packed up and rolled away now. It's mm. been a, um, it's been quite a mild summer, hasn't it? There's been a few hot days, bit of humidity, but it's humid today. It's sort of kind of it d- is drizzly, but it's struggling to sort of peak above twenty degrees. And you think mm. twelve months ago we were in the midst of a fires conflagration and mayhem and there were those days where um, the city was full of smoke remember that it was horrible I, I most certainly do and then uh, and my psyche
0: was haunted by images of people in Malakuta yes and uh, and it still affects me wildlife um, oh yes
1: gosh and yeah. we and we didn't know at the time it was start of a very extraordinary year so <sighs> Uh, Shout-outs to the folks in the fire-affected regions because I think the new cycle moved on from them very quickly and they're all still struggling. Yeah, they are. They are indeed. Um, it's, uh, we, the weather
0: is probably a, a pressing matter for a certain – well, for most of us, but I would say especially mm-hmm. for people that are looking after vineyards at the moment. right. Because one of the things, like cherries mm. and stone fruit and things like that. Yes. They don't like a lot of rain and humidity yeah, right. at the end. Yes. So luckily we've got our uh, intrepid wine guy, the the immortal Duncan Buchanan. Yes. His world of wine uh, will be happening later on in mm-hmm. the show. We go to the market we have a chat to John. Yes. Um, and um, after we have our little chat... We're going to be talking about something that looks like it might be a bit of a, or hopefully a game changer.
1: This is very cool. And I was saying to you on the phone before we tell you what it is, dear listener. Yes. uh, This is a product for its time because what we saw last year Mm. due to the pandemic was a huge uptick in uh, disposable items. So, one use. Plates, knives, forks, um, delivery food in plastic containers, obviously face masks, a lot of disposable face masks. And uh, if I went and got my cup of coffee from a cafe, I wasn't allowed for a good number of months to take my little keep cup because it could be covered in COVID. Yes. So we've all been using single-use coffee cups. And what do you have just there in your left hand? Kim? Well,
0: it's it's funny. You mentioned that thing about coffee cups everywhere, 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 everywhere. Um, where is that stat? Okay, here we go. Coffee cups, waste stats. Go. All right. Every 30 seconds, more than 50,000 coffee cups become landfill in Australia. 50,000? Every heavy. 30 seconds.
1: I don't know why you wouldn't just say 100,000 every minute. I'm just doing basic math. That's still a lot. Oh, well, yeah. it's, still, it's
0: in, At least they didn't use Olympic-sized swimming pools. That can't be right. It sounds amazing. 100,000 every minute. There are estimated to be one billion coffee cups sent to landfill in Australia each year. So whether or not we argue around the edges of, to the actual numbers, we mm. would have to recognise that it's a the ubiquity of low. the rubbish and of these coffee cups is extraordinary. Yes. I have in my hand um, an edible coffee cup. It really is. It's an edible coffee cup. It is the edible coffee cup. And uh, we are going to be talking to the co-founders of a company called Good Eadie founders, um, Mm -hmm. Catherine Hutchins and Ayo Rahibi. Yes. Uh, And they've had a whole bunch of time in the food packaging industry. Yeah. And they've put their minds to creating something that addresses the waste. So, yeah, so I've got a cup here. We're going to talk a little bit about it.
1: Looks great. It's. Um, we were it, saying it's, got, it's. if you put your nose to it It sort of smells kind of like A little bit like an ice cream cone maybe
0: Yeah it's like an ice cream cone meets a, There's a slight biscuity smell in there as yes. well Will not affect the, the thing of the coffee But I'm stealing their thunder really mm-hmm. um, So we're going to have a bit of a, a chat about that There are good things And there are bad things that have happened to us th- mm-hmm. Over this summer One is that we're sort of we say hallelujah that we live in Australia. In we regard really to do, don't we? Yes. COVID, we yeah, give thanks, um, but with the reduced amount of people that have been coming into the city, we've seen um, some some sad tales. And, and one of them, I was speaking to a restaurateur of Roomy Restaurant. Joseph Abood. And good friend of Triple R always supports this station every Very, of very and- much so. I'd like to think he was a, a, a good acquaintance, yes. friend. Uh, a sad thing happened that um, one of his places, or his other place really, mm. um, Bar Sarasan, um, has – well, he's pulled the pin. I yes. suppose it would be the best thing. Uh, his incredible chef, Tom, has have to go and do other things. Yep. The – and
1: is this – I don't know. Is this going to be a harbinger of what is to come? Um, and there's a lot of talk, of course, still around the final removal of the government subsidies in March and – Yeah, uh, that hasn't played out yet, has it, no, completely. And also to a lesser extent in the city, the, the possible removal of those temporary outdoor spaces and if that still happens when there's restrictions on indoor numbers, obviously that affects the ability for, for businesses to, to – to write the right amount of money every day to keep to keep operating, so it's going to be a very fluid and very dynamic uh, situation. I was going to say a very tough year for yes, and every year is a tough year for hospitality. We speak about that a lot, but mm. it's going to be a very hard one. So, um, and it's it's funny you um, you mentioned to me
0: something which I sort of knew, but it mm. wasn't really front of mind, in that. Inevitably, with these things, we get the win- winners and the losers. And with in regard to city dining, and mm. in fact, creating green spaces out of
1: parking spots and things like that, which really, like you look at it, and go, "That's awesome," and it is awesome. So, um, except
0: as you so beautifully yes. put it, said, "What if you have a basement restaurant?" So, like you're
1: Philippe Michel with Restaurant Philippe, you've got no spot to put, no. and so you've also you got the bizarre situation where the government's kind of giving you. Giving other astrotuers their help. I'm not. We're not saying Philippe has an issue at all. Just use that no. as a dumb example. But uh, yeah, it's it's not necessarily equitable. So how the council will move forward that with that, and we'd all like to see those spaces reappear every summer. I think yeah, in general, yeah. but how they do it. In an equitable way is going to be quite a challenge
0: And then there's the whole thing of um, uh, If you are not a restaurant If you are not have a place that doesn't have a food offering
1: mm. Yeah, you get a bit <laughs> pissed off Because everyone's stealing your car park Well,
0: there's no car park so, yeah. And, and if, you, you know, if you're in a, a strip mall uh, yeah. the, Where you know, you live and die By the f-
1: whether or not people can park And get out of their car there's and 60 minute parking spots out the front So you can dash in and dash out mm. Mm. It's, mm. A, it's a challenging one It is indeed
2: This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up the Triple R website to find out how.
0: You're listening to 3 Triple R FM. We're back to normal programming. I got Matt across from me. You guys are listening over here. We're looking at some issues now. And one of the big ones is waste. Yes. And uh, here to chat about being a crusader against waste and maybe make a a few bucks from it and uh, help out everything. It's a blue negotiation. Uh, We have representatives from Good Edie and I think I'm starting off with Anio. Is that you there?
3: Hi, yes, I'm here.
0: Hey, how you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Oh, got no complaints because we're Back in the studio and broadcasting and we get to speak to fabulous innovators like your good self now, you are uh, looking I was looking at these stats that you supplied here. Is it really true that every 30 seconds more than fifty thousand coffee cups become landfill in Australia?
4: Yes, that's right, wow. and actually, actually it's more, so this is the latest estimate that has been published, but this number is growing, and um, growing every day,
0: yeah. That is just insane. Okay, so um, here we are, we, we are in Australia, we have followed the Italian lead and become a huge coffee consuming nation. In fact, the coffee is consuming us as well as we are consuming the coffee, but We are left with uh, a terrible carbuncle on the world, which is what to do with all this waste. And so can you tell me about how you and uh, your partner, your business partner, partner in crime, came up with an idea to alleviate this?
4: Sure, so Catherine and I, we are friends and colleagues, and uh, usually we were talking about n- new business ideas and uh, sustainability, and coffee are th- those t- type of the subjects that we really love to talk about. And one day when we were grabbing a coffee, we said how amazing it would be if we can minimize waste in coffee industry. Then we started looking at the problem, so how big the problem is, and unfortunately the numbers that we found, they were overwhelming. As you mentioned, 50,000 coffee cups per 30 minutes, 2.7 million cups per day, and 1 billion per year, and sadly all of this, majority of this, they are going to landfill. Then we started looking at, okay, what are the options out there? And unfortunately, we found there is no solution out there that truly solves the problem. So we decided to do something about it. And uh, we said, uh, what can we do to uh, basically avoid creating waste? And uh, we concluded the only thing that can avoid creating waste is something that you can eat. And that's how the idea of edible cup was born and good eddy was born.
0: And how long did this process take? How long before you know um, thinking about the problem to holding this cup in your hand? What was the time frame on this?
3: Um, so, this is Catherine
0: here as well. Hello. Catherine, um, how you doing? <laughs> Welcome Go to 3RRR. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Uh, maybe, Catherine, no uh, maybe what might be a good idea at this stage, as well as saying how long it took from Genesis to holding in your hand, um, the two um, your two skills and how they complemented each other. Yeah, that's right.
3: So, together we have... Um, of around 20 years experience uh, combined in the food processing and packaging industry mm-hmm. uh, so yeah we've been, uh, we've got <laughs> a few of the right skills that are needed to develop this idea uh, we've been working together for around um, two years Yes, uh, working on developing this idea. So from the, from the time that we came with the idea of an edible carp and decided to start developing it, it was about one year before we had um, done some trials and really uh, investigated how we were going to commercially produce these cups and started to build the business.
0: And how did you go about, how did you actually um, come up with the idea of the material that you, you, you finally chose? was there a lot of trial and error like did you have prototype A which uh, you pour water in and it just poured out the bottom of it for instance <laughs> did, did you have any did you have failures before you went eureka we have the cup <laughs>
3: We certainly did. <laughs> um, we had a lot of prototype A with the yes. <laughs> liquid coming out the bottom.
0: <laughs> yes.
4: Damn. Yeah, so it's definitely a journey for sure. So, Did you say that cliché being...
0: – sorry to interrupt. Did you say that uh, back yeah. to the drawing board at all?
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, quite a few times So uh. we had – a lot of um, late nights in, our, in my kitchen doing trials, um, <laughs> yes. trying out different ingredients, and um, having a lot of failures, but then we finally got to a, a recipe that worked.
0: How many, just uh, I, I hate to you know quantify failure before we move on to the triumph, but how many prototypes roughly did you go through before you got to Cup X?
4: Many, many. I, okay. we don't really know. Like okay. There's a big Excel file, we should be, look at it, like how many different variations we did. But yeah. it's for so many and so many different nines. A few bottles of wines we should add to it <laughs> to make sure that we
3: can cope with the whole process. But
0: And teas in um, yeah, so the wine glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this will never work. And there, It must have been... Uh, amazing when you have it. So okay, so um, let's describe it for the listeners. I have in my hand um, what would be a normal what is this two hundred mil cup? What's the measurement? A normal coffee cup.
4: Correct. So it's a medium size. Yeah. Uh, two hundred forty ml Two forty. Uh,
0: eight ounce. Yeah. Eight ounce. Okay. Um, and it is um, it's a, a few millimeters thick. So it's it's thicker than a normal paper cup. Um, but it, it feels good in the hand. Um, it, it it feels very, very, as when it's dry, it's very sturdy. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes the knocks. <laughs> here we go. Yep. And, um, and so the idea is that you can pour a coffee in here and it will remain intact while you have the coffee. It will break down or biodegrade within two weeks, which is extremely exciting, as opposed to a plastic cup, which is measured in, um, I don't know, um, uh, geological ages. Um, and, and and it's, um, I don't know, just congratulations. I suppose the, the thing which will make it either fail or succeed is obviously um, not so much people, I think, but it's the cost, isn't it? And tell us about where you've ended up with the cost of these things?
4: Uh, Sure. So, basically, of course, these cups would be slightly more um, expensive than the normal disposable cups for the cafes. However, the price is not that high. Put it this way, these days people are ordering... um, their coffee with almond milk, soy milk, so alternative milk, and Definitely, they are paying yeah. Oat milk, a yeah. bit of 50 cents uh, to $1 extra. Mm-hmm. That's how uh, the edible cup of Good Eddie would be positioned in the cafe as well. So it's not something that is too expensive, but of course, it's a nutritious snack and has really high sustainability values. So we really. Would like everybody to come on board and support this initiative, so together we can minimise the landfill on our planet.
0: Where, where are you going to make these?
4: Here in Melbourne. Whee!
0: Yeah, there you go. There's, there's, <laughs> there you go. Matt's just writing that down. Made in Melbourne, aren't you, Matt? Yes, he is. Yeah, beauty. Okay, so that's that's a tick. So. Therefore, um, it's going to be produced here, so we don't have food miles of them being, say, made in China and being brought over here. I imagine you'll provide employment for some people, which is kind of good. And have you factored in scalability?
3: Yes, we have. So um, that's exactly right. We're going to make everything here, support the local um, businesses and suppliers, Uh, And also, like you said, try and reduce as much as possible those transport costs. And uh, we're just in the pre-launch phase now. We're going to start up with our small capacity production um, from April. Mm -hmm. And then we have big plans for Good Eddie. So uh, once we're set up with that small machine, we're already going to start on the journey to scale up to a larger capacity machine. And that should be in place by uh, early next year. And uh, then, yeah, we have so many options and um, we want to expand across Australia and then look at um, how we can franchise and um, expand overseas as well.
0: Franchising, wow, you guys have got, <laughs> do you, you've got your business plan all sussed out there. Well, um, I would first of all like to congratulate you on having a disposable cup that is edible and biodegradable that... Uh, maintains the liquid within in it and not on the floor. That's, uh, that's a big win and, and must have been. Um, where can people find out about you? So I'm thinking about, say, cafe owners that would like to come on board. How do we find you?
3: Sure. So at the
4: moment, we are engaging with many different cafes um, and we have been uh, successful to have a few cafes in Melbourne on board. Uh, which ones? You, can
0: you name a couple that you have on board?
4: Yes, for sure. So Genovese, which is one of the oldest um, grocery in Australia, yeah, dude, they have great. been on board and uh, they have been extremely supportive in our journey, which really? we really appreciate. Yes. Um, oh, so say say later. hi to Ray
0: for me. <laughs> sure, we do. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, that's great. So, Genevieve is on board. Um, and sorry, you didn't get to actually say where your, uh, I don't know, website is or Instagram. What's what's your socials? Uh,
4: so, um, our website is www.good-eddy.com. Good and dash. our Instagram is good uh, so we keep um, all the news uh, in our social media and keep our website up to date. We are in the process of launching a new website, uh, which has the capability that pe- uh, all the cafes can also engage with us and um, place pre-orders. So, um, And we share our news and our updates quite regularly. So it would be amazing that whoever is listening to us today give us a follow and follow, us follow our journey.
0: Brilliant. Well, that's – wow, that's big news. You've got Genovese behind you. So it is good, G-O-O-D, the Eddie, just so you know, Matt, and listeners out there. Yes. It's with an I, not a Y. It's E-D-I. Roger. Synchronicity. You guys rock. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, It's been a pleasure chatting to you. And uh, we look forward to seeing more and more of your cups, and keep in touch with us too, okay? awesome thank you thank you
2: bye <laughs> this is a podcast from triple r an independent media organization in melbourne australia to find out more about triple r or to explore many more shows podcasts articles videos and interviews head to the triple r website at rrr.org.au
5: sounding pretty lively, John. It is starting to warm up a little bit, even though you haven't performed your magic, because oh, every man. time you turn up, we stand here and the sun comes out. It's not going to happen this morning.
0: I need to apologise, don't I? There's a bit of drizzle around this morning... Well, this afternoon when we get to this, ladies and gents, maybe it'll clear up, I'm not sure, but... Uh, it's still glorious, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's not cold,
5: it's not hot, oh, and nice in between. My timing is awesome because the coffee's just coming through.
0: i got two things for you. First of all, here's your loaf of bread.
5: Oh, thank you, thank you.
0: Now, where did you I pick this up Arta. from?
5: From um, Michael's Bread Shop down there. Uh, opposite Sylvia's Dali. Mm. Opposite the chicken chop, so you can't miss. It's right in the middle. Um, and just, I'm sure people are going, what bread does John use? Well, this is a ciabatta rustica. Yes. Which is um, a, a nice ciabatta. It's not a sourdough. We don't like the sourdough so much. Mm. It's a nice sweet bread. Mm. Um, in Italian, they say nice and which means um, right. open. Open. Open up where all the airs come out.
0: It's like soil, isn't it? I bet you that's the same sort of thing they use to describe soil. Because Probably. In English, we have a word friable. Yeah. F R I A B L E, which is the best sort of soil you can get. Yeah, it's been aerated
5: and. Um, mm. When you stick your uh, olive oil and tomato on top like Joey does, hey. he's in heaven. Yeah, I'd be pretty happy with that too. Um, I've also brought you a little bit of brekkie. A, yeah. A that borek. Looks, that looks beautiful too. Um,
0: what's that, spinach and cheese? Yeah, spinach and feta. That's by the Turkish women down there. Beautiful. But, um, I find, that they do a lamb one, but it's a little bit butch first thing in the morning. Excuse me. So, yeah, John just had to take a phone call, so we're back. Uh, we were just talking about the borax as being one of the, the really, really good snacks you can get here at the Queen Victoria Market. Although, I've got to say, when I went past the American Donut van, it was calling me. It does, doesn't oh. it? And it's been calling me since oh, uh, I could walk. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I was strong today. Anyway, I walked by. Um, here we are. We're in late summer. Um, there's almost a feeling of a bit of autumn, like I noticed as the sun was going down yesterday, we got that bit of golden light that we see with autumn.
5: Yes. Do you notice um, that too? I did, I did, but as I was saying to someone yesterday morning, I still feel that we may get that bang of heat that we normally get in February. Sure. And uh, as soon as we get over that, everything will settle down. Um, People will feel nice and refreshed and (laughs) um, You know, then we'll get on with it again. Uh, We're rather blessed, though, with the way the veggies and the fruit are at the moment.
0: It's been a... uh, How do we put it? It's been like a nice, long, slow growing season with a few heat spikes.
5: Yes, yes, that's right. Um, And we're lucky this week we started with the um, real grapes that um, we like. We've got these beautiful big muscatel grapes. They're very, very dark, very green stem because they've just been picked. Um, these have a seed, stone. shiny stem, a shiny that. stem, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say this is a new vine because it's a very big bunch. Normally, muscatels come in smaller clusters and not so tight. This so, this one that John's talking about, it's, it's bigger than my hand. Uh, it would weigh what's that? You got better nearly
0: a kilo. Wow, yeah, about yeah, 800 grams, I'd say. Yeah, and and this is the thing, this is one of the things I almost can set my watch to, um, in that, uh. John has two varieties of grapes that you do. Uh, one is it's like yin and yang. That's um, right. It's the dark ones, which are big. They're a little bit tannic. They've got the seeds, but they're sweet and luscious. And then you got the little sugar bombs.
5: Yeah, we got the natural size Sultanas. Mm. Um, they were a beautiful golden colour last week. Yep. And then they moved on to the second block, and the, that's not as ripe, but still very, very sweet. Yep. Some bunches are uh, green and some bunches are golden, and the sugar levels are about the same in both. So it's just a matter of pleasing the eye. Uh, unfortunately, the other grapes that we really like, like Waltham Cross and um, yeah. White muscatels don't seem to hit the floor of the market very often, and when they do, it's very, very late. Um, they pick them and send them for wine, which, you know, is uh, good and bad.
0: Yeah, and you know the other thing I notice, um, uh, Robbie sometimes, so next door to you, the Chens, uh, they've got, boy, you want to talk about little tiny bags of sugar that are so fleeting, and that's those little, um, um, uh, what are they called, red, not red currants?
5: Yeah, they are. They're they called are the currants, way- but it's not the english style currants Um, that come at
0: christmas they're like this tiny cluster of grapes with with fruit about half the size of my little fingernail would that be right yeah definitely
5: and a very very black color Mm. normally they are sugar bombs this year they're still a little bit sour um joseph had somebody who was disappointed because last year um he ended up even buying a box and eating them because they were just so good and He'd been going past them saying, Hey, Robbie, are they ready? Yeah, yeah, they're ready. And he's eating money. He, you can see it on his face. He's not happy. But
0: they are beautiful. You've got to get in and try them. Look of disappointment. Um, there's one thing I also have to just ask, because you tell us to come and pick the eyes out of the market, and there's lots of colours and things. I've got these lurid mangoes over there, which I'll probably stay away from, because I don't think it would be a variety I like. But have you noticed next to it the um, the... ULAs they the look, unusually large apples oh uh, yeah what from the, China how, they're what? from
5: China they oh. had a, they had a royal gala it looked beautiful yeah but I looked at the sign made in China not, not to be prejudiced but you know we've got so much of our own fruit they had an apple that weighed 800 grams yeah
0: that's just ridiculous you
5: know, um Okay. I don't know if it's a variety or if they've been pushed along. It,
0: it looks um, like a, a, a Fuji that's been yeah. in the Simpsons at the at the nuclear plant.
5: Definitely. But they are a very clean-looking apple. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who am oh. I to judge. But anyway, yeah. We've well, got a lot of our own fruit. All but, the new apples are starting, apparently. I see some beautiful brown pears over there. Yeah. Um, there's... Uh, two different sizes of Granny Smith's which are beautiful. Um, I don't eat them raw because they're too tart for me but beautiful and make an apple pie or a um, an apple cake. And bananas are down and, to $2. And bananas are down even less, some of the riper ones.
0: And it seems everybody has a mountain of cherries they need to sell today.
5: Yeah, there, there's a lot of cherries around. The price will give you an indication mm. of the size and quality of them. Yeah, I'd say this is the last hurrah, so yeah, that's what I was get in there too. and have a feed. Yep. Um, we had a little bit of a feed earlier, and now we've moved on. We bought some queen garnets, and... Um, and uh, we bought the whole box and it's nearly disappeared in a few days. What's a queen garnet? It's a very big black plum. Yeah. Um, I would still rather eat a satsuma or a blood plum myself, yeah. but they ripen and go soft very quick, whereas this queen's garnet, it stays firm uh, and luscious for a long, long time. Make a beautiful cake or
0: upside-down flannel. Definitely. Flan definitely. A, a plum.
5: I, I don't know where the ones we got came from, but last year they were coming out of Queensland. Mm. So, you know, we've been enjoying them. And there's a whole lot of other plums. There's uh, the little Angelinas. There's got the sugar them. plums. damson plums. Um,
0: there's yellow ones. Yeah. Bright yellow ones are beautiful too. I, I don't know if we get damson ones here. They might, they might be making that up. Might. Oh, I have might a feeling that English there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: But I have a feeling they are. Oh,
0: good. Um, oh, gherkins. you got gherkins Yeah, here. we got beautiful
5: gherkins. we got some big fat ones. Eww. And we got some small ones. Yeah. Um... You know, the, all the uh, Polish and Russians uh, and North <laughs> Europeans, their eyes light up and say, oh, we're in heaven again. Yeah, where's um, the dill to go with it? Yeah, they, they get the dill and the little seeds as well. And um, one Polish woman said to me yesterday, she said... Oh, I've been lazy. I've been using the water from last year's batch. She said, they come along a little bit quicker. I said, oh, good on you. Yeah. So now's the time to come and, and look for them. We even eat them raw when they're freshly picked. up mostly picked the day before. So we eat them in a, a, a salad. Um, but they're beautiful and make a pickle.
0: And they're also um, super extra crunchy. Definitely. Aren't they? They're really, really crunchy. The, yeah, the And, and when they're fresh, they're not bitter. They're, they're
5: sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can have a nice um, ham, cheese, and cucumber sandwich just yeah. to refresh yourself. Um, or even chopped up in a salad like we do. We yeah. we sell beautiful green oak lettuce, and we like to put that through with the fresh white salad onions or red salad onions um, and the cucumber and good homemade vinegar and
0: olive oil, and that's it. Uh, you know what? I was blessed the other day. I got given a jar of green tomato chutney. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> It is so good on a sandwich and with the cucumbers. It would be absolutely amazing. Name of the place is Tomato City. Uh, John's got the the good oil on the Martys. Yeah, What's we're, going on?
5: We've been spoiled for choice again. We've got our beautiful Doncaster tomatoes. Now, mm. yeah, some are pretty and some are ugly. We tell people that they're ugly because they've got a blemish on them. Mm. But they're beautiful for a salad. You slice through them and they're good. Um, we've still got some Murray Bridge tomatoes, which are beautiful-looking tomatoes, nice and juicy and sweet. And then we had what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine varieties of heirlooms. Whoa. We had some a new variety this week. It's it's huge. It's it's um. Someone called it a pineapple, but it's like looking at a sunrise. The beautiful yellow oh. with a red red blush. Really? I'll, I'll show you one after. You might even post a photo.
0: Oh, I might even do that. And um, this looks like suspiciously almost like a, the ridged, sort of like a ridged roma, like a San Marzano. Is that? Uh,
5: no, San Marzano we're going to have next week. That's yeah. um, uh, a straighter, uh, elongated um, tomato that's all pulped for sauce. Yes. That one is an ox heart de Buya. For, for eating, water. for eating, it's, and uh, when they're very, very red for cooking. Yes. Quatre de bouillon means ox heart. Oh. So that's that's what it is. Cuade de bouillon. Heart Quatre. De bouillon. Bouillon is ox. All oh, right, bouillon. Um, yeah, and we had um, some beautiful black Russians. We had an old season a new season crop. They they look different, but um, they're the same tomato, just
0: different stages in life. Yeah, got um, okay. and here's the question. Like they're all your children, who's your favorite child at the moment in Tomato Land?
5: Unfortunately, we sold out of the beautiful Mini Roma truss. Yes. Um, Everyone that tries them falls in love with them. But really, the Black Russian has to be my favourite tomato. Boom. All right, and now, pick of the market? Pick of the market. We had new season beans, which ran away. Unfortunately, we sold out. Were they runner beans? Mm, Yeah, they were, mate. They ran to the pot. (laughs) Some people even eat them raw. Yes. Um, We had beautiful peas out of... uh, Bens sta away as well, they were nice, yeah um, even cauliflowers, even though it 's warm we 've got beautiful, small, tight cauliflowers mm. we 're just boiling them up with a little bit of olive oil, parsley, and garlic yeah. beside a steak can 't go yeah. wrong yeah uh, cabbage as well you remember we showed you that big cabbage, maybe we chopped it up and sold it. So people are making coleslaw. Really? Uh, And the the corn. We're not to forget the beautiful bi-coloured corn. Yeah. We got... They're really, really... Big ears of corn, two bucks each. Mm. And the yellow corn, we're selling $1.60. You can buy cheaper around, but yeah. different size, different quality. Yeah. So, as usual, go and have a look, see what you want to eat, and then buy and go home and cook up a storm.
0: And I reckon if you get here a little bit later, there's going to be a lot of bargains on cherries.
5: Yeah, there's a lot of bargains now, but it'll Cake. just get better. We keep pushing, mate.
0: That's right. And, ooh, and one last thing I'm just noticing... Those big passion fruit over there, a buck each. That's not bad for this time of year. Yeah,
5: that's a Panama passion
0: fruit. Mm. I think it is sweeter, um, bigger.
5: Yeah, bigger, sweeter, more juice. Yeah, um, sometimes not as tart as the small ones. Yeah, depends on the varieties as well. And what you like. And what you like as well, John. Thanks, mate. As usual, it's a pleasure. Enjoy your bread. Oh, you forgot your black carrots there, your red carrots.
0: Oh, I did too. That was one thing I brought out here. John's got some um, old-school heirloom carrots. Yes, they're lovely. Um, we, we just steam them up, but the Indians actually use them to make a dessert. Because of all the sugar in them.
5: Yeah, I don't know. I must look into that.
0: All right, well, that can be your homework, and we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Done. John, thank you as always. Thank you. All right, back to the studio.
2: This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. So
4: now it's time for Duncan Buchanan's Wonderful World of Wine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> thanks for that, Tim. That's some wicked
0: clavinet. Oh, any clavinet is wicked, I reckon. <laughs> when too much clavinet is not enough. Yeah. You're probably wondering when we're going to introduce our guest, who's waiting patiently. <laughs> Are you there, Duncan? I
6: most certainly have, and I believe it's pronounced cabernet, not cabinet. whatever you said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wine Joe. Yeah. Terrible wine joke. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Where, where do you put the cabinet in the orchestra? Uh, I don't know. Next to the timpani. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yes, yeah. Duncan Buchanan. Um, look, Thanks it was. It was that's seven. How are you? Oh, look, I tell you what, it was great hanging with you on the at the beach shack. Please
6: tell me, you haven't got rid of the magic esky, otherwise I'm hanging up.
0: Oh, I know, I know. That, that's the thing that uh, I could never give up. It's uh, <laughs> it's like uh, it's a little bit like the Hobbit. It's my precious. Where is yes, Matt indeed, Uh I'd
6: be very... Hey, b- before, before, we, uh, before we get too stuck into the wine business, can I say a quick happy birthday to my dear friend, Naomi Walsh, who... It's her birthday today. I'm not going to say how old she is, but she designed my prosimo label, so happy birthday to you, Naomi.
0: There you go. You just hijack the show for your own nefarious needs. No, happy Sorry, birthday but... to you. Uh, of Good on in- you. Thanks, indeterminate age. Are you... Uh... <laughs> Is there going to be a party or what?
6: I don't like it that much. I just wanted to do my labels again one day, so I might be <laughs> hanging out, her. there's no way.
0: All right, well, we can uh, get, <laughs> get the recording and send it to her and say, there it is, and make my... my, my What's the wine label for? The Proximo. Proximo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which... What does that mean again? Next in Italian. The go. It's the Proximo. <laughs> and prossimo. Uh, what about for the uh, Proximo vintage, uh, huh?
6: Oh, well, we're not a picking yet. We're not allowed to do that cultural appropriation anymore. <laughs> no, yeah,
0: are we, are we, are we, yeah we're, well, we're not. Even yeah, if we, even you know, if we yeah. are, just trying to go for cheap gags. Um, they've, yeah. uh, but the uh, you'll be happy to know, or people will be happy to know that the uh, the goon fruit is in tanks. Is it not?
6: <laughs> yes, yes. that's Very true. So I know that. Yeah, like the inland region started like mid January. So you know, yes. Riverland. Up around, you know, Mildura, that sort of area, and you know, uh, Riverina, you know, Wagga, Griffith, all that sort of stuff. They've been, they've been at it for a bit, and that, I mean, I'd love to head up. I try to catch up with some people on the phone during the week.
0: Mm.
6: But obviously they're just too busy dragging in. Oh, you know when you when you think, okay, I've got five clients that I deal with up in um, Griffith yes. and those those five clients will account for nearly twenty percent of the fruit picked in Australia.
0: Yes, yeah, so we... it's ex- it's extraordinary.
6: Like they're just the scale of things. I'd yeah. love like to witness it, but it's just you know you'll have B doubles, you know, big semi semi trucks, yes, full of grapes lined up to go into these wineries. It's just extraordinary the scale of things. But they've been at it for a bit.
0: And uh, and what about the stainless steel and the tanks that uh, to house all this uh, goonbag wine?
6: Well, a, I used to draw the analogy. Remember when you were a kid and you used to go into the city for the first, you know, uh, on those rare trips into the city, so I used to get excited to look at the top of all the skyscrapers, going, "Wow, wow!" That's kind of how. That's what I feel like walking around these wineries because you've got, you know, multi, these tanks will hold multi, multiples of millions of liters. Yes. I think where's all this booze going? It's just extraordinary. But they've, but they, they were very happy to, um, to start getting picking. Everybody is like you sort of. This year has been a real growers season, and that sounds cliché, really? but it is. Yeah, I mean, well, I wouldn't it's been, have called it it's been, then. It's been, it's been challenging. You know, hmm. it's been it's been a really good one for the viticulturists because there's been there's been wind, there's been disease pressure, there's been a bunch of stuff going on, so. It's really been one for people who have been well and truly on their game. And when you've been when you've had your back against the wall for a fair amount of um, the season, it's really nice to pick grapes because they're a lot safer. As long as they're on the vine, they're you know they're still exposed to the great outdoors, aren't they? Or the rain and all that sort of stuff that we've had. But once you've got them in the winery, they're a bit safer now. You can just let them ferment away and become wine.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, so they, um, yeah. But if we do look at this late, uh, the tail end of the, the well, not the, it's not the tail end, as you were sort of alluding to, uh, but the fact that um, it's been humid, it's been inclement, yeah. uh, there's been yeah. rain around, and that doesn't make winemakers usually that happy because they've got to go to the back of the shed. Well, so it
6: sort of depends on who, and it was interesting, Cam. On the you know to prep for this, I rang around a lot of growers, mm-hmm. and and just typically, mainly around Victoria, and um, everything's at very very different stages around the around the state. So there's a lot of places which are just going through that stage that we call veraison, where your your berry, your red berries will start to so- well, your, all your grapes will start to soften up, your red berries will start to get a bit of colour.
2: Okay.
0: Yep.
6: And that is one of the most for a grapevine. That's about one of the thirstiest times of year for it, because they, there's a lot of energy expended in that that, tra- that phase of the grape. Oh. So they they need a lot of water. So oh. a lot of the growers I was speaking to they were stoked with the, the, or that rain that you know, some of the rain that we got the other day because it just filled up the soils nicely. Some of it did, and it just it'll help the grapevines tick through that the, through that
0: part of the season. Can I ask Whereas a stupid other, question? Go go nuts, Ken. Thanks, mate. Um, this, this is my specialty. Um, the I'm I'm just wondering if the if you have okay. So the, the raison, Um there's yeah. a greater uptake of liquid to nourish the plant, nourish the fruit. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, yet sometimes when we have um, dry years, we talk about these enormous cr- concentrations of fruit. The yield is down, but uh, a lot of the times the the logic is yields are down, but the quality is up because you get more concentrations of flavour. Uh,
6: can yeah, definitely can be that 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 does work in some years where you do that smaller crop and well as not so much and variety
0: crop, more, and varieties uh, too.
6: Uh, yeah, and that'll work across across some varieties and not others. you' hundred percent okay. right there. You should, you should. But when you're talking small crops, um, you could—it's more a small berry that will give you the concentration than a small crop. Uh-huh. So if you can imagine, okay, all your colours and flavours, etc., in your are in the skin of your grape. Hmm. Okay, so if you've got a and the, the grape skin is generally of uniform thickness. So if you've got a really small berry, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of those flavours and colours that are going to get mixed in with the grape juice itself. But if you've got a much bigger berry,
0: mm-hmm.
6: you'll have it's called it the skin so to right pulp ratio. That took the words right out of my skin. mouth. Yeah, skin to pulp ratio. You don't do that every day. No, but if you've got if you've got a, um, a really high skin to pulp ratio when you think about this so you've got more skin to the pulp yes. there's less to dilute the flavors and colors away and so, increase in
0: the, tannins as well i would imagine and grip exactly right yep. exactly right and that's and also you've
6: got tannins inside your seeds as well which mm. can be somewhat somewhat harder more astringent sort of tannin so you don't necessarily want those so if you, if you've got those really small berries it's a bit of a uh, you've sort of got to play them very gently in the winery, because if you go working those skins too hard, you can get them up with very, very tannic, very big and sort of brooding wines that you may that may look a bit out of whack mm. so again, that's that thing you know I get accused of being a lazy old man quite frequently, which is typically because I am, but I don't like to do a lot of grapes once they get into the winery because you can tend to over extract them, yep. and um you know you' just. All your colours and flavours are in your grapes. How you choose to get them out of your grapes and into your wine is completely up to you. So if you want to stomp around and, you know, to really, really work your ferments that have skins in them, yeah. you can get the you can get them out that way. But I prefer to just, you know, take a fairly much more Passivist, passive approach and just gently coax them out while I look at ferments drinking beer. That's winemaking for me.
0: Yeah, and whittling sticks is what I always imagine I mean, you doing. Whittling sticks. Yeah, sitting on yeah, the porch, whittling the, sticks.
6: Yeah, but the, but the um, I think overall with, with the way I remember we've spoken a couple of times this year already, Cam, about how people are feeling and there's still mm. the yeah, even with all the weather that we've had, hmm. there's still such an overwhelming sense of po- positivity about this year. It's it's wonderful, and you know, we look at today and like the crap awful for summer. I mean, I'd love to be at the beach, but I'm not. I'm you know, going to make a shepherd's pie and open a bottle of something red. And the um, oh. the, but the it is this is much better ripening for the varieties that we would like to deal with. I mean, Pinot Shard, you know, a lot of Shiraz. I'm, I'm talking Victoria and Tasman pretty much. We like to make the um. Much more elegant sort of wines, and if you those varieties love to ripen in cooler weather, you get much much more finesse out of the grapes if they do ripen slowly. Mm. So if things are only, so I'm still probably four weeks off picking my stuff, and that's that's the latest I've picked it in a lot of years.
0: Wow, so, really? That's because, yeah, yeah. and that really does buck the trend because. For years and years, we've been just every year, We've uh, Matt's nodding his head, um, we've just been bringing vintages slowly forward, forward. And this is sort of the great leap backwards, isn't it? Yeah, and
6: it's wonderful. Like I'm Wow. Once, once we get it off the vine, I mean, there's a little bit of nervousness uh, yeah. because, because things are on the vine. We've like, yeah. got to stress that as long as they're outside. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like the
0: children have gone out and you sort, of, you sort of know where they are, but, you know, things could be going bad.
6: Yeah, exactly. You yeah, don't, you don't want that. But, but chatting with um, yeah, chatting with a few girls around the place, and they're stoked because just because of that. There's a bit of water around. There's potential for some disease, but like I said, if you if you're, you know, girls have been onto it, uh, you know, should be getting out of it okay. But I just, I mean, there's just that that sense of positivity around the place, which is it's it's great, it's very encouraging. Mm.
0: Um, one question I did want to ask you I've just written it down and I'm, I'm just showing my producer hey, This is just yep. these great behind the scenes of radio uh, Bizzo um, Sometimes we get um, You know we get warnings from the Bureau of Meteorology Like uh, sheep graze your warning You know and you yep. sort of You feel for the sheep as you As you go to sleep And go oh God I hope the sheep are okay um, But yep. there's another one that's been coming through Brown rot warning what yeah, is brown rot, and um, where does it affect? And what's what's it all about?
6: That's not for us. That's a um. Well, it's that's that's more a stone fruit warning. It's a it's a it's so if you get humid and wet weather, you can get the you just get this brown rot. That's like a fungus that grows around mm. um, your stone fruit. That can happen around flowering or you know not far from harvest. But it's similar. So it's is it, can similar. I can I just stop <laughs> yeah.
0: you there? So it, it's it's. So you say it's with the droops, so you know the um, uh, uh, peaches and things like that. Does yes, that mean yeah, that the right. the skin um, is more porous and it allows funguses to get in easier than grapes do?
6: Yeah, that, that's exactly it. But okay, we we, right. we get one with um we get one with with um uh, grapes called gray rot or gray mold they call it, which oh, yeah. is the one that you would have heard of called botrytis cinerea, which they make noble rot. Right. You know, yeah, that's exactly. it. Noble rot in good years, so yeah. you know it can it can be noble, it can be awful. You need some pretty special conditions for that to work, which mm. is why you know that some areas in Bordeaux where they do the Sauternes, or somewhere in the um, Rhone Valley where they where they will do the um, sweet reasons, they're typically pretty humid, but they need some very very special conditions to work. And actually, for the really high end stuff, they'll pick individual berries out of um, out of uh, bunches to make these wines. It's just extraordinary, the amount of work that goes in. The wine's fantastic, but, man, the, best, the amount of work that goes in is ridiculous. So that's that's the main one that we deal with. And that there could be a little bit of that around this year. I think mm-hmm. we'll see a lot of people in the run through to vintage. People, I mean, I'll be um, plucking the, the leaves from around my the fruit in my vineyard to um, just open that up and let a bit of airflow through
0: yes, to that's... try to
6: alleviate any sort of rot coming through yeah. and um, just to try and keep things dried out. But the, um, that's the... We, there, there are some really good examples of, you know, the Bortley's Noble one, um, and among others. are Some of the uh, you know, people will do those, but try to style wines in Australia, but they're you know, more synonymous. The really high-end ones are more synonymous with Europe, realistically.
0: Well, you know, let's face it, the, the big, the granddaddy of all is uh, Chateau Cam. Duncan, we're uh, going to leave you, mate, because we've uh, oh, really? we got to get out of here soon. Yeah, mate. That's fine.
6: I like the... Um, I think my, the intro music is the talk now, Duncan music, and the outro music the sh- is shut up now, Duncan music. Which <laughs> yeah, that's it. Was, you was, go. Was... <laughs> it's, it's... Hey, when, when can I come in the studio?
0: Uh, when we're allowed, which uh, could be a while. But we'll get back to you, all right, mate?
6: You will. Good on you, guys. Thank you buddy. very much. Enjoy your
0: Sunday. See you. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us
2: via the Triple R website.